Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's the end of January, traditionally the time when many of us scramble to pay our tax bills. But what if you were facing a tax bill that was so large you simply couldn't pay? I'm Claire Barrett, the FT's personal finance editor. The size of the bills I'm talking about are often six-figure sums, in some cases dating back up to 20 years. So why are some people facing bills of this magnitude? Because of a clampdown on so-called disguised remuneration schemes, up to 100,000 freelance contractors in the UK used them as a means of avoiding tax after financial advisers led them to believe they were legitimate. But from April this year, a new tax called the loan charge comes into force. And we have dedicated this special edition of the FT Money Show to examining what its impact could be. The government and the UK tax authorities say those who have avoided tax need to pay up. But many of the affected workers say they are facing bankruptcy, fear that they will lose their homes or have seen their relationships and mental health suffer campaigners say that one man has tragically committed suicide. Amid a growing political outcry, public perceptions of the affected workers are shifting. Should they really be regarded as tax avoiders, or are they the victims of a mis-selling scandal? I'm Emma Adjman, and I've been following this story since I joined FT Money as a reporter at the end of last year. I've spoken to those affected by the loan charge and their representatives, plus HMRC, independent tax experts and the politicians who are calling for the law to be changed. We'll be hearing from all of them in this special edition of the FT Money podcast. In the words of one tax advisor, this issue isn't black and white. There are many grey areas. And in the words of another, it's a total mess. One of the first people I interviewed about the loan charge was Tom Wallace. He used to work for HMRC as a tax inspector and is now head of tax at WTT, a tax advisory firm that represents over 2,000 people affected by the loan charge. I've asked him here today. Welcome, Tom. Morning, Emma, and thank you for having me. So can you explain to our listeners, first of all, what exactly is a disguised remuneration scheme? So essentially, contractors were employed by what was known as umbrella companies who provide their services to end clients. Those end clients include financial institutions, the NHS, and central government itself. Whilst employed, they'd receive a salary in two parts, one part through the payroll, which suffered tax deductions, and the other through a loan payment, usually for an offshore third party such as a trust. Whilst these loans were not taxed as income, most were taxed as employment-related beneficial loans and were subject to tax as the legislation stood at that time. 
However, whilst HMLC would like to use the word disguise when describing such arrangements, there really was no such thing. P11Ds were submitted to HMRC showing the loans, and in most cases, disclosures were made on the contractor's tax return. But I suppose the main part of this is that people were paid for a loan, and in most cases, they were told that they wouldn't have to pay income tax. Now, if somebody told me that, I would be a bit suspicious. So why did contractors sign up to these schemes? The institutions they worked for didn't want to employ them directly. They didn't want to pay sick, pension, holiday pay, etc., So at first, they employed them through their own limited companies. Then after a clampdown called IR35 by HMRC, this route was considered too risky. This is when umbrella companies started to spring up. They promised to allow contractors to work in a safe and compliant way. Unfortunately, many of these turned out to be fronts for the type of arrangements which I described earlier. Often contractors were made aware of the schemes by the professional advisors. Some even boasted that they were approved by HMRC or had the backing of prominent QCs. Some agencies insisted that the clients only use such an arrangement. Don't forget, we're at the height of the financial crisis at this point. People are happy just to have employment at all. So the combination of all of this created the perfect storm for these umbrellas. They were also very expensive. They typically took 15 to 20% of the contractor's pay and fees. That's a lot. It is. Many were led to believe that this was actually to cover the tax that Mm. was due. What the workers didn't know um, was that the organisations recommending these schemes were often given financial incentives for doing so. If they'd known this, you have to ask, would they have regarded the advice in a different light? OK, that's a very good question. So what options do people who were paid via these loan schemes now have? It's important that any option that a contractor takes needs to deal with both the loan charge and the underlying inquiry or assessment that's in place with HMRC. It's not enough to simply deal with one. So with this in mind, I think contractors have four options. First option is to repay the loan. However, whilst this may stop the loan charge applying, it will not stop HMRC claiming that the money was income when it was received through their normal inquiry and assessment processes. There may also be an additional tax charge if the money is then redistributed from the trust. That's why we generally advise against this route. Option two, pay income tax on the entire loan in 1819 tax year. This is the so-called loan charge, which taxes all outstanding balances as income in the one tax year. This could be up to 20 years worth of Uh, loans amounting to hundreds of thousands of pounds of tax, in some cases producing a higher tax rate than would have applied had the loan been treated as income in the year it was received. The issue here is it doesn't close the inquiries and so settlement will also need to be reached with HMRC separately. Option three, you can try and settle with HMRC. Time's now running out to do that, given that the revenue claim that any settlement must be agreed with them by the 5th of April. We've got 2,000 clients, Emma, the vast majority of which have requested settlement figures by HMRC's deadline of the 30th of September, and today only 35% of them have received responses. Mm. The fourth option is to raise a litigious challenge. The basis of our challenge is simple but effective and indicates that any liability for the payers you earn that wasn't deducted remains the responsibility of the employer and not the contractors as their employees. This is in line with what was decided in the Supreme Court ruling last year in the case of Rangers Football Club. We continue to meet with MPs and key stakeholders to continue our discussions around a practical resolution. I'd like to take a moment to congratulate the work that the Loan Charge Action Group and Sir Ed have admirably achieved on behalf of contractors. Thank you, Tom. Before we hear more from Tom about the legal challenge he's bringing on behalf of his clients, I want to introduce listeners to Richard. He's one of the contractors I spoke to in the article I've written for FT Money, who was affected by the loan charge, and he's facing a six-figure tax bill. Thank you for inviting me along. 
So, yeah, I can tell you a little bit about uh, my background and how I got involved in this. So I've been a freelancer. I'm in my 50s now. So I've been a freelancer since um, the mid-90s. At that time, I was using Limited Company, as um, Tom was discussing earlier. Um, And that worked well for many years. And what I found... Um, was with the introduction of IR35 in the early 2000s that I was starting to get advice from accountants saying you can't continue to work in this way. There was a lot of confusion. IR35 was implemented in a in a very haphazard manner and nobody really understood it or how to work with it. Mm. Um, so I was told that I would need to leave my limited company because I wouldn't be compliant with that legislation. So I'd got that professional advice and that's what I looked to do. Um, I didn't take it at face value, so I went off and had a chat with um, another set of accountants to get a second opinion. Now, these were the people who were offering a solution whereby I became an employee of, um, of theirs, effectively. Um, and the way in that which that worked is I would have um, some of my uh, remuneration would come back to me in terms of a loan, and some would also be by salary. So I was paying tax on uh, salary, um, and I was also paying quite substantial fees on top of that. So I was invited to come down and meet them. Um, So I felt I was being sort of properly vetted. I was asked to bring passport, ID documents, um, proof of address, bank details, and even performed a credit check upon me. So I thought, you know, these guys are you know, doing all the right things. And from because I'm in a, from a banking background, so I, I work in that industry, they're all the kind of things that would have been done mm. uh, setting that up uh, when people brought on new customers into the banking world. So I thought, yeah, these guys seem to know what they're doing. I looked at their solution and I asked all the questions. Is this right? Is it legal? Are we able to do this? You know, because um, I did have some questions about it. And I was told that absolutely um, there was supporting barrister opinion. It had been looked at by the legal profession and pronounced to be effective. And so based on that, I made the decision that I would move into their solution because um, it then made me compliant with the tax regulations. So I think it's important for people also to understand that moving out of my limited company and then moving into one of these solutions, there was no real benefit to me in terms of, um, if you like, let's call it net take-home pay. They both returned much the same. Is that because of the fees that you were paying as well? That's right. So I had sort of an effective tax position of 20-25%. So, um, and you could... get similar returns out of a well-run limited company at that time so you know on balance it was you know they looked very similar Mm. i would be compliant with the legislation at no time was i advised in these preliminary discussions with these with these um, accountants and tax advisors that there was any risk involved so to be told 15 years after the fact um, that there was never any guarantee well Let's just say I was very unhappy and to say that I thought, well, you absolute liar, um, you know, was the first thing that sprung into my mind. Richard co-founded the Loan Charge Action Group, which now has nearly 3,000 members who are campaigning for the law to be changed. Richard, can you tell us about your typical member? 
Mm. Well, that's a very difficult question uh, to answer. We find that there isn't a typical member. What we found, and, and one of the things that surprised us the most, is how widespread and commonplace these solutions have become. And they've permeated all areas of the UK economy. So anywhere where there's a freelance or a contractor type base to people, uh, to people's requirements and work needs, you'll find these solutions have been sold. Um, so we, we see it in the NHS, we have a lot of social workers, we see the power industry, oil and gas, obviously IT and banking, which is where I, where I sit. And so you say the tendrils of this have got absolutely everywhere. How do you feel about being called tax avoiders? Well, obviously, we're not very happy about that. Uh, when I first heard the term applied to people like me, I was frankly shocked. Um, I never believed that um, I was engaging in anything that could ever be called tax avoidance. In fact, tax avoidance wasn't even a term I was familiar with and wasn't commonplace when I first got involved in these um, solutions. It made me feel victimised and I think many of our members feel the same. We feel like we've been segregated and, and singled out for punishment um, because of the draconian nature of the loan charge and, and what that's doing to people's lives. And have you ever thought about suing your financial advisor? Um, yes, that has been looked at and people have investigated this area but it's it's very difficult because a lot of the time you find that these solution providers have disappeared a lot of these advisors have then phoenixed into new companies you also need to ensure that they've got some kind of insurance policy or something to go at because i think from a um, a civil sort of case perspective it's very difficult to sue them personally so we have looked at it I don't know all of the detail, but when we have looked at this, what we found is that people have told us it's going to be very, very difficult. We'll hear HMRC's side of the story a bit later, but the tax authority is automatically offering anyone with an income of less than £50,000 per year five years to pay the settlement that they owe. What do your members think about that? Yeah, we've seen that. It's a it really it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, when you look at the figures, and I think we printed this in the article you did at the weekend, um, to be able to repay, say, a debt of around £100,000 or more, um, you would have very little left on a salary of 50000 over five years to be able to live off. I think you'd be looking at probably around £900. If you earn less than 50000 and some people have got these exposures of six figures, say 30000 you would actually wouldn't be earning enough to actually pay the, the, make the repayments to HMRC. So it just doesn't work. Much more time would be required if we went down that route. In response, HMRC says nobody will be forced to sell their home if the only debt they have with the tax authorities is the loan charge. And a spokesman told the FT, we recognise that there will be people that are in pretty stressful circumstances. And if they haven't engaged with HMRC, they are looking at a sizable amount of tax and wondering how they're going to pay for it. But bankruptcies will be the absolute last resort. Campaigners say between 50 to 100,000 contract workers are directly affected by the loan charge. But this figure does not take into account the number of family members who have also been affected. In my FT Money article, I also spoke to 45-year-old Rebecca Smith, that's not her real name, whose husband is facing a tax bill of over £100,000 and is suffering from severe mental health problems. This is her story in her own words, of all the reasons that will become obvious, it's not her actual voice. We haven't got the money. Our lives are on hold. It's a permanent cloud. 
It's the first thing we think of when we wake up and the last thing we think about before we go to sleep. Back in 2004, I vaguely remember my husband asking me whether he should sign up to this loan scheme. I said, stupidly I now realise, what is everyone else in the industry doing? We haven't told our children, friends or wider family about the extent of our financial problems. I know somebody who was served with a bankruptcy order three days before Christmas. Things are getting more desperate by the day for us. Tom, are these kind of stories common among the 2,000 people you're representing? Unfortunately, yes. The impact of this is immeasurable, uh, particularly felt in the lower income, such as social workers, NHS staff, who, um, as much as their liabilities might be a lot less than someone like Richard, equally it's as life-changing. We're aware of families breaking up. Uh, We're facing an increased amount of requests from lawyers and the divorce courts to set out for them what clients' potential liabilities are and explain to them how they arose. Also, unfortunately, I want to tell you about a client uh, of ours who I'm going to call him John, although that's not his real name. John is facing a liability that will bankrupt him should it come to pass. Uh, It will not only ruin his future, but that of his wife and kids too. Like many, John has been living with the shadow of an HMRC inquiry over him into his tax returns for many years. Last weekend, it all got too much for John. He left the family home and checked himself into a hotel room in an attempt to take his own life, believing it was the only way that he could save his family. John is recovering, but the effect this is having on ordinary individuals like John and horror stories like this are becoming more and more common, unfortunately. This isn't a story that surprises me. We've heard similar uh, reports before. The Loan Charge Action Group uh, offers a helpline. If you want to get in touch with that helpline, you can find full details on the Loan Charge Action Group website. Just Google Loan Charge Action Group. In response to the FT Money article last weekend, HMRC's Chief Executive Sir Jonathan Thompson strongly disputed that the tax authority was not doing enough to communicate its disapproval of loan schemes at the time, pointing to warnings against the use of tax avoidance schemes in the media and online from 2009. Sir Jonathan Thompson said... His words, but not his voice. HMRC has opened tens of thousands of inquiries into these schemes, starting before 1999 making users and their representatives aware that their tax return was under investigation. Employers have a legal obligation to operate pairs you earn, and wherever possible, HMRC will collect the tax due from an employer. We expect around three-quarters of the money that we collect by tackling disguised remuneration will come directly from them, not employees. But the fact remains that an individual is ultimately responsible for making sure they've paid the right tax. We are also cracking down hard on the promoters of tax avoidance schemes. Nevertheless, a group of 2,000 effective workers are preparing to mount a legal challenge through WTT. Tom, part of your argument focuses on whether these tax charges were retrospective and also that HMRC has allowed too much time to elapse before pursuing the claims. Absolutely. Uh, HMRC have had this information since at least 2007 and have done nothing to recover the alleged underpayments from the employers. The fact they're now trying to mitigate this error by taxing the wrong party with a piece of retrospective legislation must be strongly defended and we're doing just that. This loan charge is also an issue that's been hotly debated by politicians. Treasury Minister Mel Stride has argued in the House of Commons that the loan charge is not retrospective. These clips you're about to hear are taken from Parliament Live TV. They are not retrospective in the sense uh, that at the time that they were entered into, 
they were defective, these schemes. It doesn't matter how far you go back, the scheme, typically, which I've described the way that it works, was defective at the time. It didn't work then, it doesn't work now, and the tax is due. But campaigners are pinning their hopes on a surge of political support after Sir Ed Davey successfully argued for an amendment to the Finance Bill in January that would force HMRC to review the loan charge. But let me remind the House why the Treasury should then, after the review, ditch the retrospective nature of this measure, delaying uh, April's implementation and then amending the charge so it only focuses on payments made uh, after 2016. It's because, Madam Deputy Speaker, the loan charge introduced offends against the rule of law. It's a sort of taxation that led the, the barons to rebel against King John and gave birth to the Magna Carta. It is simply not acceptable for a government to introduce a law that makes illegal something someone did years ago when at that time that action was considered legal. Sir Ed, the MP who successfully campaigned for that amendment to the Finance Bill, joins me over the line now. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. You say that you don't agree with tax avoidance, yet you support those who've been affected by the loan charge. Why is that? The thing I'm most against is uh, retrospection in the tax system where the HMRC can go back years when cases really uh, have been closed. Uh, That creates massive uncertainty in the tax system. It goes against core principles of tax management. In fact, it goes against the rule of law. So I absolutely think uh, the government and HMRC should crack down on tax avoidance, but they shouldn't do it in a way which breaches key principles of the rule of law. What do other politicians and political parties think? Well, what's been very encouraging is, although the Liberal Democrats have, have led on this, we've got support from every part of the House, uh, Labour Party, the SNP and the opposition, but we've also had a lot of Conservatives and no, given the Parliament's quite disunited at the moment, this has actually united them. You've had leavers and remainers, you've had conservatives in their opposition. There's a huge amount of support, and I keep getting uh, MPs coming up to me and wishing me luck and saying, how can they help? So it's okay. really a massive feeling in Parliament. Mm. And there's also been some um, interest from the House of Lords as well, right? That's right. Uh, the House of Lords Committee was looking at this uh, was very strong, as was the Treasury Select Committee in the House of Commons. So this isn't just about uh, MPs responding to constituents. It's about the select committees have looked at the evidence, taken uh, uh, evidence, and come to the conclusion this was a very bad decision by the government. HMRC has agreed to a review, and that has to report back by March the 30th, which is just a few days before the loan charge actually comes into law. One of the tax experts I've spoken to about this called the review a paper tiger because um, he's of the opinion that it's not going to change much. What are your views? Well, of course, there's a danger that that happens. It would be the government flouting Parliament. They're getting used to doing that, but it's outrageous if they were to do that because Parliament has expressed a clear opinion. And the review was only there because under the rules of the finance bill debate, we couldn't put anything stronger. And I think if we'd been able to override the loan charge and get rid of it, I think there would have been support for that. So um, I hope the government doesn't try to whitewash this review. I'm sure there'll be elements in HMRC who want to do this. But this is a serious response by Parliament to a serious error by the government. And they really need to take account of of democratic views. Mm. And you're also hoping to get an audience with the Chancellor, Philip Hammond. What do you think he could do? Well, I hope he will listen. I hope he will listen to the argument that this is about retrospection. 
he in the past has spoken strongly out against retrospection. Uh, and uh, I can take him through details where it's clear that over 50% of these cases involve complete retrospection. And of those cases that don't, because that tax year was kept open uh, by the Treasury, and therefore what wasn't closed, the way that HMRC had gone about it, frankly, is, is outrageous. Um, and HMRC have made mistake after mistake in trying to crack down on avoidance. And this is a, really ought to be a lesson for HMRC. They should do their job better. Although politicians are coming out in support of those affected by the loan charge, the court of public opinion is harder to convince. Since FT Money covered the issue last weekend, the online comments from readers show how our audience is divided. In the words of one reader, these people cheated the tax authorities and thus the rest of us and are getting exactly what they deserve. But in the words of another, it's fair that HMRC clamped down on these schemes, but it's incompetent that they did so so late. As the April deadline approaches, FT Money will continue to report on this story. You can read Emma's feature, Living in the Shadow of a Tax Scandal, online now at ft.com slash money. And we would like to hear what you think. Having listened to the podcast, do you feel sympathy for those caught up in the loan charge? Or as a taxpayer, would you be angry if MPs pressured HMRC to go easy on the crackdown? Maybe you are a contractor facing a large tax bill and want to add your views to those we've heard from Richard and Rebecca. You can email us, money at ft.com, tweet us at ftmoney, or write a review on our iTunes page or wherever you get your podcasts. The FT Money Show was produced in London by Lucy Warwick-Ching. We will be back next week at the usual time. Goodbye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.